0: Hi, I'm Isaac, your podcast host, and welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard and what you believe. From health, culture, business, and beyond, no topic is left off the table. So tune in as we try to make sense of how we all define our own perspectives and the people who have an opinion about it. Now, we're changing gears for a bit and starting our next series on Creators, Creating is in all of us, so why not explore what that means to people keeping that spirit alive? In the next few episodes, we'll hear from a variety of artists in their perspective field making meaningful experiences out of their life's work. Everything has an art, if you're curious enough. And sometimes, if you're lucky to see past the critic, you get to see what your curiosity can make. The way I see it, life imitates art from its creator. So with that in mind, this is acting. Undefined with guest Brock Yurick.
1: It's uh, kind of a good thing we, we started a little bit later because someone just got murdered next door. What? No way. My kidding. Um... I, cop, <laughs> i'm i not kidding i'm like wow I, uh there's i live next door to a house that is um full of um it, they they are drug users and it, i actually called the cops last night because there's just there's always people coming and going and it's a hot mess and it's just like crazy 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 over there sometimes and it's usually fine but like there's just it, uh, the the past two days, it, it's been looking like a domestic violence thing. I, like, there's a, some guy and some woman that are always like screaming at each other. And I was like filming them. I called the cops uh, last night, and then I was like in my apartment, and all of a sudden I hear screaming, wow. bloody murder. And I go outside, and someone's on the ground, and I so this, this lady's got blood on her hands, and they're like screaming, and a couple cars zoom off, and the cops <sighs> and the paramedics show up, and I have. Two neighbors, these Bonnie and Jim next door, who are 80, and I love them like my grandparents, and they're so sweet. And I went over and she's like, Oh my God, I ain't never lived next to something like this. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> And they're moving. It's so wow. sad. Moving. And I'm like, Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. But it's oh a God. nice neighborhood except for this crack
0: house. Wow. That's crazy. Are you yeah. in Ohio? Is that where you are? Uh huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ohio. I've <I'm> never.
1: <laughs> You know what, Ohio's fine. It's just, you know, it's fine. It's, it's Ohio. Yeah,
0: everywhere, everyone has their thing. Everyone's going on.
1: Every place sucks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you could pick any state and be like, oh, this is, this is garbage. Mama, this is garbage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like this is their version of where I'm from or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back in the neighborhood I grew up in. And I remember growing up and people... of being shocked that i was from there because it technically this is technically the the hood and so you know like you said there's everyone has like an area that's kind of like sketch
1: and like it's fine what (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) so yeah it's just uh i like i i love it here i i grew up wanting to leave and move somewhere else i love new york i always go there as often as i can because it just i don't know i just love that city but i like texas because it's kind of in the middle so i can go east and west for like a three-hour flight you know oh i lost you hold on what happened i thought it was mine because i'm like see this is why this is why i don't know i don't use zoom i'm not into tech stuff (laughs) Like
1: talk about real serious stuff and all of a sudden uh, oh god (laughs) we don't have the money we
0: We become robots that's funny so how are you doing i'm good yeah yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm just chilling, dude. Yeah, are you working? Are you? Uh, um, I things? am family. Uh,
1: so I'm back in my hometown. Out, like the city shut down back in March 2020, so I moved back to my hometown in Ohio, and I have been here ever since. And I, um, I'm working on producing a film right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is like what I'm. That's that's one thing that I'm working on. I wrote another script over the winter and so once we film i don't know i don't know if you know about my first the, the film that i'm working on right now called test
0: test yes yeah. i followed yeah okay okay cool okay so it comes uh, from t county right and then that's developed into test yeah i know i got it
1: oh okay
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh. I did my, i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna be sure i'm ready <laughs> okay. we, we've taught over the years but i don't. I don't yes. yeah, I, And so, um, so I've kept up with you and with me, it's funny. I like creators and I like kind of what goes behind uh, that process of getting things made. And so usually a lot of people that I follow, um, I love their work and things that they do, but more so I like to follow the process they're going through. And so I like, I'm a fan in that way, the early starts of people, because that's just where the most interesting things happen. There's risk, there's tons of, of things you have to go through, uh, you learn a lot about yourself and then you you kind of break through and, and then that's a different journey, right? And that journey is great as well, but I just, there's something about that beginning part that is so interesting, you know? And so with you, I like kind of just how you're developing as an actor and then knowing that you're doing this uh, film test, the the next step of where you're heading and what, what your future is going to look like, right?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Test has been a huge part of my life for the past few years. I, I started working, I developed the scripts back in 2015. I wrote like the first draft of it, which was incredibly different. It's coming. They're completely different movies. They're the same seed. They're, they're the same. You're right. It was born. It was born out of T County, my first short film. Yeah, and then cool. um, I wrote the, I wrote the, the, the script and I worked on it my friend read it back in like 2016. And he said, this is cool, but like, what's your story? And I told him, I said, well, I did this. And I was bodybuilding and I was going through this. And he goes, well, write that. And I was like, (sighs) and then I was like, okay. And I did. And I wrote it a little bit more based on my, loosely based on my personal experience. And he, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is 10 times better. And so the story is, um, it's just basically about, A young competitive amateur bodybuilder living in Ohio, and I'm sorry, I got to flip my chicken. Um, Speaking of bodybuilding, (laughs) (laughs) right? The staple, (laughs) just just chicken and rice all day. Uh, So he, uh, so it's about a competitive amateur bodybuilder, Mm -hmm. uh, and he lives with his mother, who's um, you know a, a bit of a stage mom, and she's got her own, you know substance abuse and demons and she goes you know she goes through her own kind of stuff and then he gets um discovered by this coach Mm -hmm. and uh and the coach really sort of just like introduces him to the to a darker underbelly of like the real world of bodybuilding um Mm -hmm. but but it's so much more than bodybuilding because like it's about sexual discovery you know there's like There's sexuality. There's substance abuse. There's family issues. There's religion issues. So it's just it is set against the backdrop of bodybuilding, but there are a lot of. It's a really you know it's just a human story. Yeah, a lot of layers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's what I just like. It's not a bodybuilding documentary. It's a it's a script. It's a screen. It's a screenplay. So it has to be. You know, you can only you can only watch somebody working out for so long before you're you're bored. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I saw. I've seen this one before. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. um so so that's what i've been working on and um right now we are in the development stage we have we have some of the money but we are working on reaching our budget and we're basically at like we're like at the gate we're ready to run this race but we just need to reach our budget in order to Mm -hmm. be let out of the gate and start filming we're pretty much like we have everything set up we have you know we have uh, most of our actors in place we have everything going it's just we we just need to reach that budget oh, so so
0: close i know it's, i remember
1: uh, i've helped i've donated thank, you. thank <laughs> yeah. you i appreciate that
0: so before we kind of move on um who are you i am
1: brock urich <laughs> <laughs> it's like a litmus test it's like a mm, it's like, yeah <laughs> do you know where i got that from where ever see stranger with candy no, I haven't. No, Jerry Blank. Okay, it's the it's the funniest show in the world. It's so wrong and raunchy. It's With Amy. Amy? Yes. Amy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. It so you know of it. I know of it. Yes. 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 You never seen it? I've never seen it though. I love her. There's <laughs> an
1: episode. There's an episode where Jerry Blank joins a cult, and <laughs> the cult leader he says to Jerry, he says, he says, he sits next to her, and she goes, "Hey, Bobs from Jerry Blank," and he goes, <laughs> "Who are you?" And she goes, What are you, Deef? I said, I'm Jerry Blank. <laughs> and then he says, <laughs> No, no, that's too easy. Who are you? <laughs> she goes, Jerry Blank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, oh, man. If
0: I knew, I would have pl- so played along to that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Brock Gurek, actor, bodybuilder, screenwriter high-maintenance, routine-oriented, Taurus, passionate, dog-rescue lover. And that's, that's all I can think of. <laughs> Hi,
0: welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being on. Uh, this has got to be, this, I, I like to make it just conversational. So that's why yeah. I just, but I just want to make sure that I got who you are so that whoever's listening is like, okay, who is this on here? <laughs>
1: yeah, who the fuck are we listening
0: to? <laughs> <laughs> Brock <laughs> Urick, that's who. <laughs> Remember the name. Yeah. Um, so how how has going back
1: to Ohio contributed to your process of uh, getting tests done? Well, it's been I mean, it's been very good to be back in Ohio. That's we're trying to film in Ohio, so we might not be able to film. But we're but the, 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 the movie is ba- set in Ohio. And so being back in Ohio, I got a chance to come to the gym, uh, to this gym. There's a gym here mm-hmm. and there's a coach. My na- my coach's name is Brian. I found him. Um, his name is Brian Bonafe. And he I, I hired him back in August to, to start coaching, training me and getting me ready for the for the for the movie. So honestly, just being around Brian and listening to him, I have I have taken out my phone and writ, wrote down in my notes things that have come out of his mouth because he is so funny. He's such I mean, he is a character like he um, he doesn't try to be funny. He's just very authentic and he just is, is totally like him 100 percent. But he's 51 years old he walks with a limp he is the <laughs> baddest motherfucker he was he he worked in the coal mines he like broke his neck from something falling on him in the coal mines he is wow. a competitive bodybuilder you know he's just like beat down broke down he still trains even wow. though everything on him hurts he's <laughs> so funny and hearing him talk and just being around and observing i'm just going a I I've always I, I didn't realize this until later, but I'm very much an observer. And I think mm. that's like a lot of artists, a lot of artists, we don't really feel like we ever fit in because we are kind of a little step back and we're observing. Mm. And I think that we sort of we 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 sort of see things. We, you know, we're looking around, we're we're listening to people talk. And obviously, what do we do with that? We take it and we create mm. character stories. Yeah. Um, and um, some people take it and they paint. Some people write. Some people, whatever, build this or do that. So it's just like whatever kind of art you're in. But but you have to observe and you have to to see people. So I have always felt like that, and um, and so I I have really taken to you know being here. Anytime I see people like at Walmart, I stop and I like I sneak photos of people for inspiration for the movie, mm. or I'll listen to a conversation like, listen to what they're saying. And cause I just want, I just want to be authentic um, in my portrayal of, of where we are. Mm-hmm. And I don't want two-dimensional characters. I don't want stereotypes. You don't want a stereotype. My, mm-hmm. my acting coach always said you want to play the archetype, not the stereotype. Mm-hmm. So the archetype is there, but you need to take that archetype and you need to know the difference between right. that and stereotype. And so I didn't really understand it until like, I was like, thought about that more. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, like you can be an archetype, but you have to make it a human. Yeah. So I've always liked that 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 piece of advice. That's but, cool. um, but yeah, but being in Ohio, I've also had a ton of family time, which has been amazing, like being able to physically like to, to like mentally reset and be out of the stress of New York City mm. is unbelievable I've never ever would have gotten this chance before in my life Um, because like up until now there's really nothing going on in New York so I don't have FOMO Mm -hmm. I can sit and I can sit here for a year and like chill and not feel like I'm not doing anything you know no one's doing anything yeah so it's like nice to feel like a slow down I have a car I can go on drives I can go visit my family I can hang in Ohio and not like run around and act crazy in New York so it's been Mm -hmm. nice And it gave me a chance to write my next script. Oh, so so getting ahead. Yeah. Yeah. All that creativity. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I've got nothing to do. Because test is already like, we're already in the production. Like I'm not, we're not touching the script anymore. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want to write again. I I got more ideas. And um, so let me just- Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You kind of went into it a little bit during that answer, but how do you define
1: acting, like for you? What does that mean? I define acting. Yeah, define it. I don't think I can define acting, but I, um, well, acting. My coach, my my teacher, always said, you know, acting is doing. Mm. It's called act. It's you know, act is to do something, not to you know, someone's like play an emotion. You can't play an emotion. You you act. If you're happy, it's like okay, be happy. I'm like I'm happy now, but you know, it, show me. You have to you have to express to the camera or the audience that you're happy without like being obvious about it but it's like you know if you if you're sweeping you know imagine like remember like mrs doubtfire like sweeping and like dancing and stuff like that like that's acting like that's Mm. i i I know i know that mrs doubtfire is like happy by what she's doing um acting is doing but acting is about relationships Mm. acting is all about relationships relationships uh to your circumstances and to the people around you it's all about relationships that's all it is
0: What's your relationship between acting and the present to oh, where you are now? I think my present
1: time is non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the act though. Oh, <laughs> uh, You mean like, what, like, what is my relationship to it? Yeah. Like you've gotten to a level where
0: you're, you've gotten a lot of guest roles. You're on a current TV show. So how, how is, how is that Brock different from past Brock in that, in that
1: world, acting world? Man. Oh God. Um, I guess just like, i i just remember being so nervous um okay okay i will say that like it took me a while to understand that when you're acting everyone thinks that acting is like becoming another person and <laughs> when you're young and you're in theater and you want to you're playing a role in, in college and you're like oh i get to play action in west side story like i gotta be different new and i gotta you know i gotta morph i have to be like johnny depp and meryl street but it's like no dude Vince Vaughn is Vince Vaughn in every role that he does. You know, everybody thinks that they have to come into an audition, like becoming a different person, but they, uh, those audition, you know, casting directors, they want to see who you are. And acting is about bringing you, it's impossible to become another person. You are who you are, you know, but you can, you can pretend to be somebody else and that's fine. But all the choices that you make as that character are the choices that you, the actor have made. So this is still you. It's a it's mentally that's mental illness to like split personalities. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Johnny yeah. Depp is always Johnny Depp. Like, but if yeah. if Johnny Depp if Johnny Depp you know was a pirate in the seventeen hundreds doing this, that's how he would be. He is that's mm. Jack, that's who Jack Sparrow is. It's not a different person. It's just Johnny Depp. How would he play this guy named Jack if his name was Jack and he was a pirate in the seventeen hundreds? That's mm. who he would be. Um, so. For me, I I had to learn that acting is like just this sounds so cliche, but it's just be me and yourself. Yeah. It's really just like don't don't come in and like don't don't try to be somebody else you're not. Don't try to be something, don't, don't stretch too hard. I've because I've seen, I've watched casting video, I've watched audition videos and I've been the reader at auditions for casting directors. Like I've I would sit there with the casting director all day while actors came in and out. And I would read the Mm. other other lines with them. And that is one of the best things I've ever done because Mm. I, it was like a masterclass in watching how to audition and how not to audition because Mm. some people people would come in and it was just like, wow, like they, that that was, that person just owned the room. They were confident because you're auditioning the moment you walk in. And so like, they were confident, they were cool. They just like sat and they did the thing that was a professional audition. And some people mm-hmm. used to come in and they're like, you know, I'm like, wow, you're pushing it. Mm-hmm. And, and you're really, you seem desperate. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that was like, really I was like, man, like just be yourself. And I would do that so many times. I'd go into these auditions and like, try to be over friendly or over this or over that. And I'm just like, chill, just chill. <laughs> you know? uh... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like, Like when I, like, I guess like the more time I spent on the Tyler Perry set, I worked on, I was working on the Tyler Perry show. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was so nervous. I was like, so obviously the first day you're on set, you're just, you're crapping your pants. Mm -hmm. And then by like season two, season three, I was just like coming in. I was having so much fun and i was enjoying myself and i was like loosening up a little bit mm-hmm. getting sassy and like doing <laughs> yes. it. you know my character's like a gay guy so you can get sassy it's fine yeah. you know yeah. you don't have to play this like tough guy the whole time
0: yeah
1: um and it was just like that felt so good you know mm. so it was just bring just bring yourself to it yeah
0: was there a was there a vulnerability stage of of getting over that fear did you or did you ever have that fear of performing where it's like all right, I have to kind of put myself out there, you know, raw. I've never,
1: ever had a fear of performing. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm a, I'm a middle child, so I'm desperate for attention. (laughs) So, Like I've never, ever, I've, I've, I've always been a little, a little fearless in that aspect. Like public speaking is people, uh, it's it's, people say that like the number one fear people have is public speaking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, get the f like what like the, come on dude like I love it I just I thrive on that kind of stuff I think it's I think it's fun I'm just I don't know I there's there's many other things that I'm scared of but public speaking is really not one of them no I, no. I know that's not relatable content but like <laughs> I, I really just I don't know I've always been a bit more outgoing and I've always been um I was like a kid when I was a kid I just had all this energy and just wanted to like I, I i would watch things i watch when I, when I was a kid when i watched movies mm-hmm. you know everyone was like oh cool that was a cool movie i'm like i want to be on a movie set. i want to be in that movie you know mm-hmm. i don't want to just like play with the toys and the game like i want to be that kid in that movie doing mm-hmm. the cool stuff um that's like i i wanted to be in the business for a long time um so i started doing theater when I was in middle school and then high school, I did a lot of theater, and then I went to college for theater. And then I got to New York and I tried to audition for theater, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, 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 so <laughs> college. But I'm uh, I can't belt high A's or whatever these guys, you know, I'm going up against you know um, Nick Adams and you know whoever else are just like yeah. wailing, and I'm like. I'm going to go to TV film. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go this way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right over here. Okay. Um, but, I, but I was like booking. I started booking TV and film auditions. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this is, this is where I feel like right. This is where I feel comfortable. Mm. So I would leave auditions feeling good, not like bad.
0: Yeah. How do you feel during performance? Like when you're performing, what, 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 are, what do you, how do you associate your body
1: with performance? What do you mm. feel? That's a really good question. Uh, wow. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Well, it's very easy to um, to not breathe. Good Lord, you have to breathe. That's just that's a life lesson. That's it. And and my friend, one of my best friends, Sean Palmer, just told me he gave me the best. He, every time I speak to my friend Sean Palmer, who's also an amazing actor, he played Marcus on Sex and the City, and he was Eric in oh. the Little Mermaid on Broadway. He's just stunning. Um, but he was just telling me, he's like, he's so wise. And every time we talk, he's just so smart. But he was just telling me the other day, he was like, he said, taking a big, deep breath and controlling your breathing and getting, becoming centered with your breathing can literally change the world because it changes you and therefore changing the world. And I was like, damn, you know, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're just like, so used to, I'm, I catch myself holding my breath, but the moment I remember to breathe and just breathe, like, just, you know, that's when, you know, like people when you're blowing the directors, like I need you to cry here. It's like, well, I'll cry if it happens. But Mm -hmm. honestly, that's how like, you know, if you're in an acting class, when you start to breathe, like Mm -hmm. that's when you really like, that's like something happens down here and Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, here it comes. (laughs) So so that's just what I really try to get into. I try to like plant my feet. But also another thing, I think, um, what did she say? I think Julia Roberts said this in an interview and it was like very... It was very, very true. It was, it's when you're acting with somebody, it's always about them. You know, don't ever want to. You don't want to act. I see actors, like I see people doing auditions, and they're like, you know, do it like mugging for the camera. And I'm like, you're I, you're acting for you. Like you're <laughs> no one else there. You're like acting in a mirror. You know, I can see that. But, but when you're talking with somebody, you don't you don't think about what you, you you're looking at them. Yeah. And yeah. Haley Roberts always said, it's about them. You want to make them feel something. You want to make them feel whatever feeling you want to make them feel. You know, if you're, if you, you know, I, I I'm trying to intimidate you. So I'm not going to be all crazy. Like I'm trying to like, it's about you. <laughs> and that's <like>, what it's like <laughs> you. <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when You have to just like, you have to remember like the moment, like when you, you settle into it, you know, you, you, whatever is happening in the scene, it's about getting a reaction from them and making it about them. And that takes the pressure mm-hmm. off of you. Mm-hmm. That takes the pressure off of you to like oh, be yeah. a good actor. And it's like, just if, if your intention is there this person, the camera is going to catch all this and it's going to be genuine because the camera sees everything. Uh, if you, <laughs> you miss your line for one second, or if you, if you go up on a line, or if you, if you get in your head for one moment about like, how am I looking at the camera? It sees that. <laughs> So you have to be like laser focused on the other person, but that's just what life is like, like. Again, like it's all about relationships. Yeah. So, um, you know, and this is just all, um, this is just all things that I've learned from amazing teachers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just it. It's, and then, it, and then again, like when you, like when you're, when you're there, let all that rehearsal go and just be mm-hmm. a human. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob, Bob, um, uh, hour was the most amazing film coach I've ever had. um, in new york and he was like be a human go be a human yeah. and we're like what do you mean and he's like do what a human does you know? yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, both right and wrong <laughs> yeah but, but he was like he's like you guys are making this so hard it's so yeah. easy go in you know i was like do this thing if you're talking about this if you're walking into the scene and you say wow you have a really nice apartment what would you do we're like I don't know, he's like, look at the nice apartment. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. So he, you know, we were like, oh wow, like you got a really nice place. So like no one thought to do that. We all just, wow. we all just went, well, oh, you have a really nice place. <laughs> it's like, look at the place that you talk about, be a human. <laughs> mm, yeah. So all of our common sense just like goes out the window for some reason, but it's like it's just we make it hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So and that just comes with like time and experience and practice. And it's like, yeah, what is happening in the scene you know all these questions that they ask you what is happening in the scene you know well we're breaking up okay well then break up it's mm-hmm. like oh <laughs> like you're just you dilly dally you're doing a little stupid crap break up <laughs> you know like yeah. how would you put up so yeah. it's just
0: it's very intentional it's like all, in the yeah. moment so so does everything else fade in the background like since the camera's on you do you when you're in the mode are you just like I don't know what else is going on until I hear like a cut or something.
1: That's a really, that's also you got a really good question, man. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, think about, I think about this sometimes um, because, you know, yeah, I do think about acting on film, but I don't, I don't think you can ever really like forget that the camera is there because it's your job to act yeah. for the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an actor's job. Like a film actor's job is mm. to, act like there's no camera there, but still know that the camera's there because you can't turn your head too far or else you'll lose your eyesight or you lose your eye line or Yeah, like it, that's that's the thing. That's the skill that you have to learn. You know, acting on film is a very serious skill that you have to, to figure out. But yeah, yeah. Like, you, know, you can't, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to ever, to really forget that the camera's there. Yeah. Um, I don't ever forget that the camera's there. Personally, I always know that the camera's there you try to keep that balance of like you have to be aware of it but you also can't be like self-conscious of it. you mm. does that make sense yes I, I, yeah. i'm talking in circles but no it's you okay you can't, can't let it get in your head but you also have to keep it in your head
0: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like the job the job i guess is like knowing that the camera is going to turn on and off and then
1: i guess the your career is the acting part like that's yeah and they do their, you know, like everyone is Everyone is good at their job. So the yeah. cameraman is right. really good at his job. The director's really good at his job. All you got to do is like stand there and hit your mark and say your lines. Mm-hmm. And that's the job. That's the job. Yeah. It's really, that's it. You know, and that's, yeah. that's also what Bob Krakower would say. Yeah. He would say, You guys are making this so hard. All yeah. the director needs you to do is hit the mark, say your line. And that's it. You know He's yeah. like acting the easiest job in the world. It really is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. It's just, like we make it hard. We make it hard on ourselves. Um, and that was again, like working with Tyler Perry, you get one take mm. and that's it. You get one take and we're moving on. <laughs> so, uh. so if it's bad, he'll tell you, but it's very easy to, cause obviously like we're, you know, we're very vulnerable. We are very in our heads and we all want to be the best. We want to yeah. be the best actor. And, and so it's very easy to, to do a, do a take. And then, you know, a, a typical director would be like, we'll do it four or five times till we get it right. Mm-hmm. Tyler gives you one time and he's like, all right, that was great, moving on. And you're like, that was that sucked. And, you, and it's like, no, don't, That's that's insulting to Tyler. That's like mm-hmm. telling Tyler how to do his job. It's like, if he liked it, then it's fine. Right. If he right. wants you to do it again, he'll tell you to do it again, sure. But you probably did it fine the first time you know but like as actors we need to do it 10 times till we really feel it and then that's <laughs> self-indulgent yeah because it's about them exactly it's always yeah. about them yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you're, um, exactly you're making it about you
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah cliches are cliches for a reason right because there is a lot of like universal truth to them and so simplifying things it seems to be like the recurring thing, right? That we're talking about. So what do you struggle with now then at this point of your acting career? Is is there an inner critic? Is there uh what does it sound like? Do you have one if there is one? Like what are the struggles that now you kind of are facing to try to learn or?
1: Oh man. Um- I, I don't know if you ever follow Drag Race. Uh do you do you watch Drag, no, drag Race? No, I have not On I your clips. I,
0: I already have four people that are like, you gotta watch it. I know I see the clips oh. and the highlights.
1: <laughs> I don't I hate I hate when people are like, you haven't seen this. Or this. <laughs> it's like there's a hundred things that I've seen that you haven't seen. Calm down. But, <laughs> but I, I would say, I would say drag race is. I mean, I've been watching for years. I'm just a, I'm a Drag Race super fan. Yeah. Um, So I just think, I just think everyone could benefit from watching Drag Race. I just think it's just the great- I I
0: agree, I agree. Yeah,
1: it's just so great. But uh, Katya is one of the drag queens. Do you know who, have you ever seen- I know who that is, yes. Yeah. who that is. (laughs) So she talks, you know, RuPaul always says, uh, talks about the inner saboteur and you know, your inner dialogue and, and Katya calls her as Brenda. And she says, shut the fuck up, Brenda. Anytime she's, you know, talking shit to her. So my Brenda, uh, that's um, great. Yeah. My Brenda, um, I, God, I, I definitely, I catch myself saying bad things about myself. And then I, I have to just tell that Brenda to be quiet. And, and I, you know, like, you're never going to do this. You're never going to, you know, you you're, <sighs> you have these dreams that you want to do, but like, you're, you know, you're already, you're this, you're, you're 32 years old, you're Pat. And it's just like, it's, everything's fine, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think everyone, everybody feels some version of that, but you have to check in with yourself and you have to just like have a good support system. You have to call a friend, talk to somebody that that cares about you, that loves you, but also just staying productive, just, just stay productive. And that's why I wrote another script. It was like, I have to do this for myself. That's why I'm, that's why, I mean, I wrote tests out of vanity because I knew that I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm a big, compared to other people, I'm, as compared to actors, I'm a big guy. Like, I don't get roles because I'm too big. So I was like, mm-hmm. no one's ever going to write a great role from someone like me. And I want to be the lead of a movie. And so it's mm-hmm. like, well, then just write it yourself and make it yourself. Like, put, write your own, write your own starring role that would be Mm. that you'd shine in and um you know i was like have you seen the wrestler with mickey rourke
0: yes yeah yeah,
1: yeah. that's that's like a
0: perfect example
1: yeah and that's like my i was like that is exactly what i want to do i want to do like it's like a movie about this big hulking man but it's he's so vulnerable and so sad you're just crying for him and it's just a perfect movie so that's like if test could be like anything i i emulate the wrestler i would want it to be like the wrestler and and i want people to for my own career you know i want people to see that i'm like yeah i'm a big guy but i can act my tits off like i'm very good at, at what i do mm-hmm. and um and people aren't gonna pe- pe- you know people in the business typically don't have that great of a, you know they're not very creative you know they it's all very look-based and it's fine. I've, I've played a lot of personal trainers and I've played a lot of whatever. And that's that's great. That's a, amazing opportunities. But, you know, Tyler Perry gave me this amazing chance to play a, a, a nurse, an openly gay nurse, mm-hmm. um, someone very similar to myself and someone who's like not a punchline or a joke. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that really meant a lot to me. And um, so playing Nurse Madison was a huge uh, uh, just the um, such such an amazing privilege and so inspiring um, that he gives me you know he gives me a chance to play these incredible dramatic scenes and it it boosted my confidence and it was like you know because we all always get down on ourselves and then and then you you know you do it and you're like I I'm pretty good at this you know <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. He, saw, he saw something in me <clears throat> he saw that I was like you know I I, I did my thing and, but he honestly it was T County that got me the job I sent mm. him. I sent him my short film. Yeah. Again, I, I wrote this role for myself and it's a dramatic role and I was happy with it. I think, you know, I did the short film and I was like, I, I think it's good. And so when Tyler contacted me, he said, can I see you in something? And I sent him T County he watched it. And he said, you made this. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, wow, I think you're my guy. And so we'll send you the tapes and we'll send you the stuff and we'll, we'll get you into, you know, a few episodes and five episodes, you know, I was originally slated for five episodes and it turned into four seasons.
0: Wow. So, uh,
1: yeah, I was. Just, yeah. Just, I just won the lot. I don't know, like I won the lottery. He found me because of I had the same name as one of his other actors, mm. um, Rocco Hearn. So he wow. just was like searching. He just like searched his name and then my name came up underneath it. And he saw my name wow. somehow and looked me up and said, hey, I think you might be right for this new role that I'm writing. So, you know, it was just something like that. But yeah, yeah. like. I'm a big, I know I'm a big guy. I know what I am. I know who I am. I know what I can deliver, but it's just a matter of like trying to break out of those visual roles of like, well, we need a personal, you know, you're so-and-so the personal trainer you're so-and-so the, you know, the, the meathead, the dumb, the dumb friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm like, that's fine. That's, that's okay. And uh, I, I, I do that. That's, that's fun. But, but test is gonna. I really want people to, to see tests and I, I want, I want people to take me more serious as, um, as a, a screenwriter and an a, a elite actor. Because you're basically talking about representation,
0: right? And if the roles aren't there for you, you make your role. And that is that's so powerful. Like that's really cool. What well, I'm crazy. saying. Yeah, you have the gift. So it's funny, we're going back to things you've just touched on. You're you're not you've played these stereotypes, right? But you've you've sort of given them depth. So it doesn't feel like that when you're acting and you're, I'm seeing your stuff. There is more to them than just the stereotype. Yeah. Like uh, you played a trainer on Secession, right? Which I love. I love that show. But I thought your your part was good. You had like few lines, but there's a story there. Like I want to know what's happening with that guy in New
1: York. You know well, what I mean? Thank you. I pre- I really appreciate that. That means a lot yeah. to me. And yeah. you know that role was supposed to go on. Really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, what happened? I can't really talk about too much Darn. of it but I was, I, they they unfortunately like the storyline between me and kieran got cut short Damn. um yeah it was supposed yeah. to be like i was, like, I was still, for more yeah that's why it was that good thank you, I, <laughs> thank you for saying that um yeah. i was i was bummed when i got cut but it was really really nice to even have a couple scenes on that show so it was I like know. but yeah, I, I appreciate. It. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, so that's
0: so that's great. Like, I love uh, that's the things that needs to happen more of this represent this movement with representation because there's just not enough. And I'm glad that it's now starting. Not
1: enough white men on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it.
0: I didn't say it. Okay.
1: We need more white men. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> We're running out of them. We need to there's come just- on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about a, li- a little bit more about tests. Uh, so producing is a laboring process in which like much of it comes from gathering different raw materials to create something, right? So you have like money, you have to actors, all these different things. Uh, describe the road and getting there and how vulnerable that process is in getting to that point. And now, like you're almost there, right? How much time <laughs> you got? Ooh, I bet. I bet.
1: No, yeah. Because this honest. was I could tell you horror stories about trying to get this movie made. I bet. I two two, okay. Two people who said that they were gonna invest. One of them is in federal prison for laundering, what? racketeering. Uh yeah. What? Like a, just uh a catch me if you can scam artist who was stringing me along for a year. No I'm like, I'm project. I'm like, thanks so much. He's like, yeah, I've I've put money in this movie, this movie, this movie. And I was like, that's great. And then I finally, after a year of like, you know, like Being in contact with this guy, I I, he's finally agrees to like putting money in the movie. And I'm like, that's amazing. Thank you. I'll believe it when I see it. But that's Mm -hmm. great. You know, you you've committed to putting this money in the movie and we're gonna make it. A week later, I can't hear from him. I don't hear from him. And then two weeks later, I'm like, I contact a friend, I go, Hey, where is so and so? And they go, Oh, he was just picked up by the feds. He was trying to leave the country. He is he is the uh, he was the worst. He—it was a Ponzi scheme. He was taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from this person, given to this person. I was like, "Okay," <laughs> you know. Oh, like I man, dodged, I dodged a bullet with that one. But, but, but other than that, I, I'm harping on the negative. But I will say, mm. so, so, so many people, yourself included, came together. I mean, that campaign. Okay, okay. Yes. I will say the campaign. I, I wrote this script, and I, I'm like. What do I do with this thing? You know, like how do I get this thing out into the world? And um, and then all of a sudden, this campaign, this like this contest fell into my lap because I went, I went. My friend took me to a seminar at SeedandSpark.com, yeah. and I got onto the mailing list of SeedandSpark.com, which is like a GoFundMe for films. And they said, "Hey, a hometown heroes rally competition." And they said, "Is your do you have a, a feature film script? Is it inclusive or diverse? Is it set in your hometown?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes." And they said, "Well, run a campaign, and and the best campaigns will pitch their idea to the Duplass brothers." And I was like, "I want to do this." Mm-hmm. So I spent thirty days going insane, and I got. I mean, we raised like we raised thirty seven thousand. Mm-hmm. and which is amazing and so many people like people someone sent me a video they said hey i'm in australia i heard these two people these two guys behind me talking about your movie i'm like wow. what the f <laughs> so so i still get messages i mean we still get messages from people which just makes me want to make this movie even more because people have been waiting for this thing for years yeah. yeah and so that's just like that whenever i get down on myself whenever i'm like uh, people don't want to see this. People don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like that again. You're making it about you. Mm-hmm. You're being you're being really self centered and really narcissistic right now. It's for them. Make it for the people who need to see this movie. And and I know like like I'm I'm being vulnerable in telling my story and people that's that's all that's what people relate to. Hello, like mm-hmm. come on. That's that's what if you're not being vulnerable if you're not showing what you got. I didn't mean to do like that. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. You're not exposing your breast. Oh, wow. Well, this, this was supposed to be opening your chest and showing your heart, not okay.
0: I was like, wait a minute. Um, this just turned a corner, not, you guys. sorry if you're not showing yourself.
1: Well, clothes yeah. are
0: coming off right now, you guys.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But no, if you're not like you you really gotta like. Bear your soul. You got to show your heart and, and people like the, the amount of response of love and support and excitement about my project. When people heard about what I was doing was just like, Oh my God, like I got something here. I think this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. So it has been incredible. And, and then the first, after my comp after the, like during the competition and after the competition um, we didn't win, thank God, which is a blessing because now we can do it our own way. But my there was a, there's a cinematographer named Ethan Palmer who worked on GOAT uh, with me yes. and Nick Jonas and Nick James Jonas, Franklin. Yeah. So Ethan was this the the cameraman, he was the DP, the DP. And um, so he messaged me saying he's like, Hey man, how's your how's your project going? I said it's going really good. And he says, Well, let's let's talk about it, let's meet up. I was like, Okay. So mm. we met up and after I told him what I wanted to do, he he was like, I wanna I wanna film this thing for you. And I was like, Yes, please. Mm. So so he was like the first cool kid to come sit at the table. <laughs> and then he got, you know, other people involved. And he, you know, from that moment on, it started to like, I was like, oh, he just legitimized this thing. So now I have a Sundance award-winning filmmaker, you know, cinematographer attached to this project. And that just like took me, it just, you know, it made everybody like take it a little bit more serious. And then we, you know, throughout the throughout the process, we just, I, I've, I've um, created a team of the best people. And so we have weekly calls and we have a direct, my director, his name is Rodrigo Balot. He is incredible. He's Bolivian. His movie Tume Mock just came out on HBO. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, um, video on demand right now. And it's beautiful. He is an incredible director. Wow. I'm very, very lucky to have him. And he has taken on the role of director. So that's what, that's where we're at now. So we're just trying to get, a, a production company that's that's excited about it as excited as we
0: are yeah that's cool I, mean, I remember talking to you about I'm like how's the test going and you're like it's going. No.
1: <laughs> uh, that's all like like, I can say like you must be like how's the movie going I'm like I don't like I don't uh, like it's, it's it's causing me a lot of stress every single day that's how it's going <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah I'd rather be stressing about something that I absolutely love than you know, this is my baby. Like this is my baby that's taking me six years to give birth to. So
0: yeah, yeah, you're going through the labor pains. So labor still pain.
1: it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Absolutely. Um, you know, all but everyone talks about like the secret and putting it out into the world and making things happen and and I fully believe that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to open a hair salon. And all you do is talking about opening a hair salon mm-hmm. and someone says, well, hey, there's, I I just, oh, you taught, you're your talking about this hair salon. Like there's a salon, there's a, a you know, someone selling this thing, maybe you get, and it's like, then it happens because you told people about it and someone remembered you and then made it happen. So I fully believe that if you just put it out into the world, it will happen.
0: And do the work, which you are, obviously.
1: Absolutely, oh, 100%, you have to, yeah. That's our and, job. It, And it's okay. You know, someone was just saying like, you know, Oh, I had this idea, but I didn't follow through with it. And it's like, that's okay to not follow through with an idea because then you weren't meant to follow through with that idea. You know, I've been working on tests for six years. I could have given up at any moment of those six years, but I didn't because it just like, it just has to happen. like, I don't know how to describe it. It just, this is my life's work. Like it doesn't, I I will die trying to make this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, I want to make more. So yeah, you're doing things, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fitness is really important to you, right? Because you were, you are a trainer currently, still, right? I'm a trainer too. I'm a massage therapist and trainer. So that's incredible. Uh, So health is a really big thing in my life, and I a lot of what I'm doing right now. I went back to school to finish, and then I'm pursuing psychology.
1: Being a personal trainer, you're a therapist.
0: People tell you some things, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And then imagine in a massage, you're naked vulnerability as at its best, people will tell you some things (laughs) you have to really ground yourself. Uh Uh, And that's another thing, because I love it because it gives me insight into people that are different from me, Uh, their struggles on on trying to get to their health goals and how health looks like for them. And it's just so different. And, and the things that we, they tell themselves, or we tell ourselves how we can't get there, or what we have to do to get there. That conversation is different every time for people. But it's just interesting seeing that. And I'm sure it helps you a lot with, like, acting, right? Because it's just, you can, you can draw from those experiences, Um, with uh, training, speak a little bit about how people who look like you think of action star, superhero. There is this need to sort of add depth to people who do look like you. Where do you see that relationship going and how you look and
1: then what your work is? Uh, Well, I mean, I I guess I have to look at the people who've done it before me and I have to see what have they done and what did they, you know, like what kind of roles did they take and then what did they... um, you know, how did they brand themselves? It's you know, it's like branding and marketing and, um, yeah. and creating an image, but but I look at someone like Tom Hardy and yeah. I have loved Tom Hardy since, you know, for, for years and years. And, and I remember seeing him in Bronson and I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever saw Bronson. Yes, I did, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Incredible. But like, you look at Tom Hardy and you're like, there's just something about him that's like, he is a, that is an actor. Yeah. You know, and it's not like he's not like a pretty boy, muscly dude, like doing but it's 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 no. the roles that he picks that are so wild. That's like that's where I that's why I wrote test It's like I want to write these gritty, deep, intricate, complex characters uh for someone who looks like me. And I'm like, okay, how someone who looks like like what could I play? Bodybuilder. Okay, like mm-hmm. that's why I did the bodybuilding thing. Um, my next the the movie that I just wrote, I play a high school wrestling coach, former mm-hmm. wrestler cool and um and so that's like you know no one's gonna believe that i'm uh, like I, I don't know like like a school teacher if you i look like i was starting in a porn you know like, I, <laughs> well, like no one's really gonna believe that i right? mean <laughs> <laughs> after class kid like, you know like <laughs> it's not how uh, people are gonna sort of like scoff at that but mm-hmm. um but you have to it, like if you want to make it if you like, you like you have to establish yourself and and create these these roles and take on these roles that fit you so i'm like what am i what am i what do i look like what what do people think i could be like i don't know so so that's why i wrote this this next movie i'm playing a high school wrestling coach from there i hope that someone sees me and you know may, might think of me for another another you know some other role but that's yeah. all all i can do is put out yeah. into the universe who you are yeah. show yourself off show what you can do and um, if more opportunities from come from that, then awesome. I'd love to I would love to put, you know, do big action movies. I think that'd be super. That That's so much. That would be so much fun. Like I'm probably going to like, I'm probably going to end up doing things like that. Take what you're given and like be the best. If you're going to do a silly action movie, be awesome in it. Stand like, out. You know, <laughs> it was kind of stupid, but so so was like really good, you know?
0: Yeah. Like you in Secession,
1: <laughs> like <laughs> I'll be like, that guy is good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, with what you can share, what's, what are you writing? How did that idea come about? So my, um the script that I wrote, it's called Pitbull. And um obviously like I'm a, I'm a very big dog rescue advocate. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I have a Pitbull mix. Oh
0: yeah. Cody, he's not here right now. <laughs> my brother okay. took him. I'm like, fine. <laughs> Love that. How old? He's uh five.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just had oh. a birthday in April. So he just turned five. I know he's great. Pits are are incredible, and I didn't really like. I grew up with Rottweilers, um, but I and I didn't really like fully. I I remember I started fostering. I fostered a couple pit bulls. They gave them to me because I was the big boy who handled a pit bull, Mm. and I was like, "Oh, I love these. (laughs) um, (laughs) They're great. Yeah, Yeah, they're incredible." So, um, and the more I did it, the more I learned about it, and I was just like, "I've always been against." Um, obviously, like no one likes, no one's down with animal abuse, but but I just started digging deeper and I started like realizing how cruel you know breeding is and you know just you know this purebred that and this and buying dogs and puppy mills and all this stuff and I'm just like it just mm. it's such a trigger for me it's so awful and so I was like I had all this like pent up passion let's say <laughs> and then I was just like what do I do with this so I, and and then at the same time I'm thinking what's my next movie going to be. And then I thought, well, it's gotta be something with pit bulls. It's gotta be something with like something. And, and so I was like, okay. Uh, so, so I came up with this plot and I wrote this script, but the but this script is basically about a um, high school wrestling coach played by Mo And mm-hmm. he finds a pit that's been abandoned and abused and close to death. And so he helps re- rehabilitate it and um, the dog goes missing. And eventually you find out that it's been, Uh, taken by dog fighters so it's this guy's journey through his shitty little backwoods town to find his dog have you ever seen winter's bone with jennifer lawrence
0: no i haven't that's the only one i haven't seen
1: of hers yet that's a really really great movie and i i I sort of use winter's bone as a template for my okay okay there's a lot of the the movie is about violence and abuse and the movie is also about um you know, he's a wrestling coach. He's a high school wrestling coach. And at one point, you know, he realized once he realizes where, uh, who took his dog, um, he's standing there at a wrestling practice, yelling at these two boys to fight thinking, Oh my God, I'm just as I'm doing the same thing that's happening to my Mm -hmm. daughter. You know, like Mm -hmm. so. there's a lot of, um, his, he, he obviously like has his own demons, his own issues. He, um, you know, so it's about,
0: that sounds good. Have you seen a Mexican film called Amores Perros? There's like a scene with like dog fighting there, but
1: um, oh, I see, oh, I see. No, does this movie already exist?
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> but <laughs> you should watch it because I, I think, hope, maybe I don't know, it could. Just give you some kind of inspiration or something, but, but I've never seen a movie described the way you said it. And that's a very good story to have or to tell.
1: We're going to knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood and yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's copyrighted. Something. Okay. You heard it. <laughs> yep. Don't, don't, don't do take it. it. Don't we do have
0: it. intellectual property right here now. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the creative aspect of making things and what that looks like for you. Who are your influences aesthetically in writing and in execution? So those are three different things.
1: darren aronofsky darren aronofsky darren aronofsky oh wow (laughs) okay i I just love like black swan and the wrestler are my two favorite movies and um Mm. i just think like the wrestler is just such a perfect film that i kind of aspire to make movies like that the Mm. direction the 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 cinematography the artistic direction the vibe of the movie the dialogue um you know when i so when i when i started learning how to like write scripts when i was writing a feature what i would do is do i have it here i used to have my little journals here somewhere yeah where are they i would basically what i would do is take a uh, take a movie and i would write down every single thing that happened and at what time mark so i knew exactly how much time we spent with each character oh here like the wrestler you know wow. every, every scene every single thing that happens at five the five minute mark this is what happens you know like every wow if, if the scene lasted at nine thirty. you know 9 minutes and 30 seconds we switch 12 minutes 40 seconds we have a new scene wow and so, so what I would do is I would take, you know, things like that and I would say, okay, how much time, what percentage of the movie do we spend with Marissa Tomei?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, how much, how much time do we spend with the daughter? How many scenes do we have with Evan Rachel Wood? And you know, so what I did was that's like, like I took his movie and I was like, okay, what like, what is the formula here? How much time do we spend? How many scenes do we have at his house? How many... How many minutes do we spend of this movie watching him actually wrestle in a ring? And mm. it's like when a mechanic wants to learn about a car, you take the car apart. Yeah, and that's just what I did with with scripts. I did that with Black Swan. I did that with Whiplash. I did that with Winner's Bone. Um, you know these movies. Like when I was writing Pitbull, I took Winner's Bone and I said, okay, I'm writing this like country noir mystery thriller, you know, crime movie, and. I need to watch winter's bone and I need to see, you know, at what, po- at what time Mark do we start the journey to the, you know, to start like good and going on the hunt. Yeah. You know? um, and then I read screenplay books, but, but it really it was like, it was just movies. You just find movies that you love and just yeah. emulate them.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So did you learn that or
1: did you just kind of intuitively go there where I'm like, I want to do this and lay it all out. Yeah. I kind of just, I mean, I, I just kind of figured it out. I uh, wow. a couple of my friends, a couple of my friends suggested books that I read, but um, and a couple of my friends said, you know, you should like like there's story structure. There's a, every film is set up the exact same way. You, you would write the scene of dialogue, and it's it's four pages long. Yeah, and, and then and what I would do is I would re- I went back and I read Black Swan, and I was like, oh my god, that scene is only a page and a half long. Hmm. A lot of these dialogue scenes are actually very short. Wow. Because too much dialogue and it becomes it's too much. Like
0: yeah, very few people know how to write that long dialogue that you can still pay attention to.
1: Yeah, if you're not Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> exactly, yeah. he could do just a movie of talking. I would hear it <laughs> exactly. And it's like chances are you're not Quentin Tarantino, so I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also like uh, another one of my friends, um, Ben Schnitzer said. You know, he gave me a really good piece of advice. He said, make the silent movie version of your movie and dialogue is just icing on the cake that you don't need. Like dialogue is honestly the last thing that should happen. You, you should be able to tell your movie with zero dialogue, like a silent film. Mm -hmm. And that's the best. I mean, that's like show don't tell. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really great filmmaking technique. You know, they, like, there's a moment I watched this video in the, about the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian, you know, he says hardly anything and he's wearing a mask. So Pedro Pascal had to, you know, he had like, it was a combination of the directing and and Pedro, but his acting is so good that he doesn't, you know, he could literally be wearing a mask and you still feel what he's feeling. And there's, you know, there's a moment when he, he, he knows that baby Yoda has been taken. Um, he's going to leave baby Yoda with the bad guys in the first episode. And he, he reaches for the, for the, for the stick shift. And he sees the little silver ball that Yoda was, baby Yoda was playing with. And he, he looks at it. And just like this. And then it go. And I'm like, that's so good. Like, you don't yeah. need a word.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you just, you know everything that's going on in his head. And then what does he do? Yeah. He goes and saves Baby Yoda.
0: You yeah. sort of, you you made, uh you've merged creativity with math. Because that's pretty much what you did. It's all, like the it's, time.
1: But that's all like, like these, that's screenwriting and movies. It's all a formula. Yeah. It's all it is. And they, you know, when you're writing like a TV show, I mean, there's like the, This first, we have a cold open. We have the act one, act five, you know, like it is all mathematical. You have exactly 42 minutes, you know, how much there's a percentage of the time. I think like we were talking about procedurals. Like there's a, Bob was saying how procedurals are, you know, in a 42 minute procedural, you must have 25 minutes worth of um, cop work and 17 minutes worth of personal stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the magic number. So it's all formulaic. Yeah. we are being you know we're, we don't realize that we're being manipulated by all of this
0: yeah yeah it's very intentful again because I, I never thought of it that way but that was like a little screenwriter class you gave me yeah i have never done that
1: yeah there's there's a whole structure i mean like the, when you when you look at when you realize that there's there's all these points that a movie has to hit you know every movie every movie has an op- uh you know the 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 setting which is where mm-hmm. you learn about the thing going on. And then every movie has an inciting incident mm-hmm. and that without that moment, there would be no movie.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, like for hunger games, the inciting incident is Katniss's sister's name. Primrose, is called from the, from yeah. the replay. If that never happened, there yeah. were no hunger games.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: that inciting incident, it happens. It, it can't be made It can't be something that the character does. It has to be something that's done to the character. And that's that's the, and the character must react and the character must now go on this journey. So, so when you really, like every time I watch a movie, I'm like, that was the inciting incident. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Who are other influencers that you draw from? I mean, I love horror films. Me too. Because they're more than what they appear to be.
1: Totally. I, I like, I like really, really dark, fucked up, human horror movies like me you know too. to me like conjuring all stuff It's kind of scary but like i like indie horrors and me too you know, yeah i'm just fascinated by that stuff. yeah
0: i know you can't show me anything where i haven't been shocked yet i like to look at it as there's an intent there it's not just to put it in there because i, I uh have you seen irreversible oh my god that one was one of those and actually, he's one of my favorite directors, Gaspar Noé. Do you ever watch his stuff?
1: I've really only seen Irreversible, Irreversible, and yeah. um, I don't think I've ever seen any of those other stuff.
0: He did uh, Love, and when it when it first came out, it was Love in 3D. I oh. saw it in theaters, <laughs> and you put on some 3D glasses, and sh- the movie's pretty much a porn. because they're yeah, do- say, Isn't that all sex? Yeah, they're having sex, but you know what's cool about it, though, Brock? When you watch it, you realize sex is a character and how like how it changes throughout the whole film. It doesn't feel at all grotesque because that was the whole controversy where like people are having sex on there, what, you know? It's a porn, but it's, no, like he knows how to kind of navigate through that controversy. And then his most recent one, I don't know if he has a new one out, but
1: uh, it's Climax. The dancing one. Yes,
0: that yes. one was good too. Did you I watch that?
1: saw the trailer. Okay. I, I mean, I know it's like this huge choreographed, beautiful thing, and it's, oh, it's like this big drug, drug-induced-
0: That's another one, yeah. <laughs> that's another one where if you want someone not to do drugs, that's the
1: one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Earlier I asked like what's aesthetically writing and execution, with Gaspar is like my execution one. With like my writing, with the writing, I would say Quentin. Aesthetically, I like Quentin as well. But then uh, aesthetically, I thought of, uh, what's his name? Derek France. have you heard of him?
1: Mm-mm. He did a uh, Blue
0: Valentine and the Place oh, beyond yeah. the Pines,
1: Oh yes, <sighs> oh my God, yes, one hundred. I love Place Beyond the Pines. We have images from Place Beyond the Pines in our lookbook. Oh, yeah, I loved Foxcatcher as well. That's a huge fun edit- test. Oh okay. um, and then uh, I was just thinking, um, I love Robert Eggers, he did um Ooh. the Witch and yes, uh, I went to see him uh, three times in theaters that ending, and you, then I was like. The fact that you're rooting for her to like join Satan, it's just brilliant. It's not for everybody, but like uh-huh. you have to appreciate the fact that he wrote this script in a completely different language. I mean, mm. like imagine writing for characters that speak like that. You know, he had to- That's true. Learned. He had to learn exactly like, how do you even talk? Like they're not mm. even from America; They were from England. Yes. They had this like weird accent that- we don't even really know about and they're speaking like biblical almost like they speak almost yeah that's like right to learn how to read and write from the Bible. Yeah. And I'm like if they and then in the lighthouse I mean imagine writing mm. that script for Willem Dafoe. Like it's like Shakespeare. That's what I, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. And he's just like giving these like giant these insane things yeah. this is like you know that that crazy monologue he has about Plus yeah. and all this stuff and I'm like this is yeah incredible. So I would say Robert Eggers absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. That that's where good acting and good writing just make something even better.
1: When you think horror movie, you think like slasher movie and this is just not that. I don't like like sla- I'm not into slashers except for Saw. I love Saw movies. That was but good. I don't like slasher movies. I like terrifying psychological yeah. you know, horror films, not yeah. not like scary movies. Yeah. Have you seen High Tension? Yes.
0: That's the first horror movie that made me like dive into just horror genre. Wild.
1: Right? European horror films are insane.
0: For sure. I love it. though; It's great. (laughs) And I remember this is back when uh, we would buy DVDs. I would see the special features. And I remember him talking about how he did that movie. And he really dissected what a horror movie is. And he said, time. He slows down time so that it builds that tension that he's trying to evoke. But in doing so, people watch it and they're like, oh, that would never have, that's too, like I would already get there by that time. But he talks about how that's for you as a viewer to sort of see the sensation of how long that distance from running from that truck to the convenience store felt. And I'm like, that's what it's about. Instead of like being too realistic with it, right? It's like, it's meant to bring out this tension. Like this is what filmmaking is.
1: I just love a, a filmmaker who gives a shit. Yeah. I want to watch, I want to watch, uh, like, I want to see a movie. I want to be so intrigued by it that I'm going to look up YouTube videos afterwards and be like, what the hell? Like, you know, yeah. so much, there's so much going into these things that are so subliminal that you don't even realize. Yeah. That's why like the shining obviously is one of the, you know, I love oh, let's all talk about Stanley Kubrick. We I, know. Up- <laughs> <laughs> I know. I <laughs> know, you know, Stanley Kubrick, obviously like the shining. I remember all of, like, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it when I was a kid on TV and just being like, I don't think I don't think I want to watch this anymore, but <laughs> so fascinated and intrigued by like this old decaying woman like chasing after Jack Nicholson and and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I got older, and then I sat and watched the whole thing from beginning to end and I read all about it and I was like, this is wild. I could watch it shining is. over and over again and Me still too. be just as terrified. That's that's how much thought he puts into it. It's like, he's going to scare you every time you see this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny? I haven't seen a lot of
0: classics and not because I didn't want to, but uh, you haven't either. I know. So like when people say certain things, I'm like, no, I haven't seen that. Part of it is like, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be influenced by certain things, but I appreciate the process of what it took them to get there. And so I just, I'll get to it when it, when it happens, you know?
1: Well, I OK, so so being, you know, studying musical theater in college, uh, we had we took theater history,
0: mm-hmm.
1: musical theater history. Yeah. And and, you know, it's very, very easy like that. That really opened my mind to the fact that everything is influenced by everything that has come before. Yeah. It. It's impossible not to be mm-hmm. Impossible, You can't get away from that. Yeah. You know, American musical theater is 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 structured from, you know, these early forms of theater that we had, you know, vaudeville, the vaudeville shows, they, they influenced the way that we set up a musical theater. If you see rent, like the, you know, the show musical rent Mm -hmm. set up like the way that they had like these old shows set up. And and so you can sit here and be like, I don't care about these old shows, but it's like, you, you know, it, it behooves any of us to, to know where we all came from you need to know your history you need to you have to know that uh, whether mm-hmm. you like the movie or not i mean i've seen lots of old movies that everyone thinks are great and i'm like yeah i really think that was great yeah. uh, but i i you have to like you have to give it it's give it its bones you, you have yeah. to mm-hmm. um, so uh, of course yes you you do you do need to know um the classics but at the same time it's like you, like i don't know a lot about the classics and i'm still working on like i just watch movies that i like yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm like that's Quentin Tarantino said that I think he said I didn't go to film school I went to films oh well, you know I keep don't, it simple
0: yeah
1: keep it simple it's just like I I like The Wrestler so mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a movie like The Wrestler and yeah. and then someone's like oh you know this is like Rocky and I was like I've never seen Rocky so I watched Rocky yeah. well uh
0: speak a little bit about the role of the actor changing into like the influencer of things to change so where does that what does that road kind of split into now like a lot of actors are spearheading this movement with being more involved with politics and things like that Uh, where do you what what have you seen in drawing that distinction is that something that you think about or what have you seen
1: well i guess i i have complicated views on that i think you know, it's easy to tell somebody, it's easy to like these football players need to, you know, just stick to playing football. And it's like, well, if a football player was speaking up for what you believe in, you wouldn't tell them just to shut up and play football. Yeah. So it's easy to dismiss somebody when they have different views than you. If they do have the same views as you, you they're a hero. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like I think actors, part of me thinks, like I, I see actors doing the whole thing and doing whatever. And I'm like, that's great. I think it's amazing. But when an actor speaks up and says something that I don't agree with, I'm not going to say, you know, you're just an actor. You don't get to really say anything. It's like, no, equal rights for everybody. Everyone mm-hmm. gets is, should be allowed to say what they want to say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think actors have a platform. Actors have a voice. Actors have a way to reach out to people. So I think it's just ultimately natural for them. Like, you know, if you've got a million Instagram followers, if you're famous, people listen to you and now we social media age so i think it's like really hard you know people say it's like well don't make it political and it's like everything is political everything is political yeah everything i don't know why
0: people forget that everything everything yeah
1: it's everything It poly poly p-o-l-i means people you know metropolis like polis Mm -hmm. is like people it means people Politics is like, you know, for the people. So everything is about people. So when an actor posts something about, I don't know, whatever, like it's really like, it's impossible not to say anything, especially on social media. So I just think, you know, like I I get passionate, but like, I also realize it's going to come back. Whatever you put out there on social media can be screenshotted and used against you. Yeah. So we all you know we all like chill out with that stuff yeah yeah if it's too uh that's and i'm and i'm super i'm like a total total hypocrite because i you know i post i i rant and bitch and moan about stuff but i really try to like i try to not do that because i see people on instagram just bitching and ranting and moaning um about silly stuff and i'm like I, you're, it's getting old i mean if you want to be negative it's fine i'm i'm a very like i can get very negative and that's that nasty little yeah. voice in my head so it's just like just try not to take it out on social media because it'll yeah. come back and bite you in the ass
0: yeah well you're human also right like if you're a, your a people <laughs> yeah like you are but social media is just
1: so unnatural
0: it yeah. is yeah
1: it's not natural for like, yeah. and it's, it's, it's screwing things up because it's like, I don't want to know that my favorite comedian, you know, did this stupid thing when he was, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. I'm like, it's, you're kind of ruining it for me. It's like before mm. social media, I would have never known that. Mm-hmm. And I would have like, but so it's a double-edged sword because it's like, it's good for us to know,
0: mm-hmm. but it's
1: also like, I don't know. I feel like every, all anyone does is not talk about, you know, social media culture and it's getting old. Yeah.
0: It's
1: like, whatever. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Is it like do you
0: do you think of context in that way where like if something's canceled, say like these movies, right? when they were made doesn't doesn't justify it for it to be right to do or whatever. But within that context of that time and looking back, do you feel like it's uh, still relevant to talk about about it or be held as at a certain standard of like popularity? Yeah, I think
1: it's just, all it is, is a simply, it's simply a reflection of our society and the the zeitgeist at that moment in time. It, and we can't, you know, we can't erase it. We can't, you know, but it's just of the way that we go about it. For example, my cousin, um, my cousin is a principal at a high school. And he uh, had a conversation with one of the mothers of basically the only Black student in that class. And they were, going to discuss the reading of Huckleberry Finn. Mm-hmm. And the mother said she came in and she was ready to fight against this. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, we agree with you. We don't think that we should, we don't think that the student should read this because it's not necessary. As the only black student in this class, I'm sure he doesn't feel very comfortable with all these white peers reading this book that is very racist. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I thought you guys were going to bring me in to try to convince me that it was okay to read it. And they were like, no, we wanted to make sure that it was okay with you that if we did just, just didn't read this. So it's like Huckleberry Finn is there if you want to read it, mm-hmm. but do we really need to read this? You know, like yeah, all this is, all this is actually doing right now. Like we're sort you know, it's sure it's a classic. Yeah. Read it on your own time. Even
0: more so like that becomes the conversation, but I think an even more impactful one is all the authors or filmmakers that, that of color, of, of different sexual orientation that were, that were making things during that time have, were, have been overlooked. And I think be, bringing a lot of like Black writers or, yeah. or Latin writers is what we should probably incorporate and mix into schools that way, because that's, that's really where it's like, there's no acknowledgement for it. So we're having this conversation about these things, right? But let's bring up these other people that this was happening at the same time. Right. Like that helps everyone because it's going to expose people to different things. And
1: then, oh, I didn't know that was going on at the same time. You know, I didn't even, we didn't even learn about Black Wall Street. That's insane that we just never right? really like learned about that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, will,
1: you know, I will say though that we did learn a lot. Like, like some, you know, I've heard recently that like students aren't even learning about like, like they're totally glossing over the slave trade and, and slavery in America. But I was like, no, I think like we in, even here in Ohio, I do remember. Learning, studying a lot about the really some some really dark stuff about American history. We learned, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time learning about the Holocaust, and yeah. we learned a lot about slavery. And um, uh, so that was I, I am I am glad that we did we did spend a lot of time on that. I, we did have a good grasp on that. But. Yeah. I never, like Lot, not not everyone in America is learning it all about it's like yeah, like you
0: know, Native Americans yeah. Well, it's
1: like well, yeah, we Thanksgiving and we just you know, <laughs> to together and yeah. fine now. <laughs> it's yeah like,
0: no. there is uh there is I just recently found this guy and uh I just like to find different things that are interesting and this guy he does uh gay history like what was going on during like the Roman empire. And there was this like emperor who had a boyfriend and he made a statue for him. I'm like, I've never heard of these people. We've never heard of that. And I'm like, and these were, they were, they were a big deal.
1: And we never hear about it. I'm like,
0: I want to learn about that stuff
1: too. You never learned anything about gay history. Oh no, yeah. It mean, was not even, I think ki- like that's now part of the curriculum is like LGBT history. Now I think is maybe, that's cool. maybe a part of American history now. I think I read, like, they're starting to teach about that, which I think is incredible. Yeah. They need to learn, everyone needs to learn about the Stonewall Riots. Yeah. You know, like, that's huge.
0: If we were to learn through time, like, how we got to where we are today and the things that we're fighting about today causing so much rift this stuff it's not even that there's this agenda being pushed it's just that there was so many things ignored throughout time and like right now it's like all about sexual identity right but that stuff was going on back 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 in the day you know and so now like that conversation i'm like no 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 it's 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 bringing to light all the things that we've been ignoring right but it's it's great so i think we're in a time where even though it is a little like there's turmoil within all that it is going in the right direction i try to remind people don't don't believe that the world's going to like crap because there is a lot more good happening. The world's
1: always been crap though. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful crap. The world is beautiful crap. (laughs) Has all, everyone's like, oh, I can't believe how divided we are. I'm like, we had a civil war, bro. And have we learned from it? No, it just looks
0: different now. We
1: have all, the crime has, crime has been around forever. My take, humans are garbage and will always be garbage. I mean. We, can, we and we were working, we're striving to be good. We always, going yeah. to be good. that will be the forever, that will be the forever through line intention of humans is to be the best we can be. And we're, we're just natural born sinners. We are yeah. never, ever going to be like in utopia. I yeah, just, yeah. we're just always going to be, there's always going to be some sort of issue. That's just, yeah. Like we're just, yeah. we just want to fight.
0: Yeah. But there's resilient, there's resiliency in people. And I just hope people always remember that because that's what kind of keeps us moving forward. You know? Absolutely. we can go through some hard times, but just you'll, you've made it this far, right? Yeah. You can make it through it again.
1: Yeah. Follow yeah. some like good positive, you know, like, like positive Instagrams and, you know, fake <laughs> kind of things. And it's like, it's, cute. it's great. Yeah here's, yeah. here's, I mean, it is it is as much as the, you know, we see like, that's, I don't even get on Facebook anymore. I can't. Yeah, me neither. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I don't want to, it's just so, it's so. Yeah, mad.
0: I know. There was a, go kind of speaking on that a little bit. I watched that, the Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix.
1: I, I couldn't finish it. I was so scared.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, see, so I watched it, right? And after watching it, I was like, I didn't like it. And it was because, like you said, everyone's sort of making this this whole conversation about social media like a negative one. Well, I don't like it because it kind of brings out the worst of people in terms of, you know, wanting some kind of attention or like constant reinforcement of stuff. I wanted to change that conversation, and I had I did like a little test, and it was really for me, but I posted it on my stories for a week, and every every day I had a different task that was related to. Uh, some kind of technology thing. And the reason I did it was because when I watched that, that, that documentary, it does, like you said, you felt scared. It does make you feel like this is the worst thing in the world. And, and I was like, I don't think that's a good way of convincing people of like trying, of what you're trying to accomplish. Like if you want people to be less on Instagram or like less on social media, because it causes all this commotion, then I think reflecting it back on people is how you can sort of move through that in a healthy way like the first day I think is like delete 50 pictures off of your camera roll on your phone and just 50, right? Another day was like unsubscribe or delete uh, 10, 10 subscriptions or 10 emails. Another day I did uh, any expired products from your refrigerator, take them out. Another day was if you take five items out of your car that need to go somewhere else, And then I think the last one that I did, I think there's more too, but I think one one of the big ones, and I wanted to end with that one, was have a conversation with somebody that you've been meaning to have. And so all those little things are sort of mental tasks that we tend to try to keep in our head. And what that does, it starts to seep into our life. And so like the camera roll thing, how many times does it get full? And then people just buy a new phone with more memory. And I'm like, those little subtle things, like having a conversation you've been meaning to have with someone, something that's been on your mind, it's a stressor, right? So it might come out in a passive aggressive way. Like all these things add up to you boiling to when you open your Instagram or what the news and you're like, that's that's right, exactly. And you start to just feed into it. When if you do like things that kind of uh, declutter your life, you're, you end up having space to think about the situation. And then maybe you won't tweet that, or maybe you will have that conversation you've been wanting to have with someone that you have been avoiding. And then it's just, it creates a lot more healthier relationships with yourself and with other people. And people were like messaging me and they're like, I've been following what you're doing. I've been meaning to do that. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's good. That's but awesome. I just, I like being able to flip those conversations on its head and, and, and look at it from a different point. Cause again, like, like we were just saying, it, it seems like the world is falling apart, but yeah. But it was just, it's, it's, all,
1: it's awful here for us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I watch hoarders all the time. I love <laughs> that show hoarders. Have you ever seen it?
0: Yes, I have seen it. It's trippy.
1: It's just like these people are, you know, that's, that's the
0: example. Yeah.
1: But it's like, it, and I was like, I do the same thing with photos. Like, well, I can't delete that one. I'll, if I delete that photo, I'll forget that memory forever. You know, like, yeah. I'm Like, oh my God, I'm, a hoard- I'm hoarding photos on my phone. <laughs> I have yeah. a camera roll of 10,000 photos. And I'm like, I never look at them, but yeah. it was five from five years ago. And that was a really nice photo. It's like, you have 10 of those photos. You took 10 of those same photos. <laughs> you know, you don't need 10 of the same photos or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, like hoarder. And, and like they said, they said in that in that show, they said, you know, your home is a reflection of your, what's going on here in your mind. Yeah. And I was like, oh my
0: Ooh, God. Yes.
1: That is-
0: Isn't so- that crazy? That's so true. Yeah. You start to make those connections and you're like,
1: yeah. And and so, you know what I got to do here in Ohio? I don't know if you can see this on the podcast, but I got yeah. to, what I did was, I was like, you know, I got all these photos on my camera roll. I'm going to print them out on little four by six and I'm going to uh, frame them and I'm going to put them on my little shelves. That's cool. See, that's good. And I, or it's like nice. It's like, I have my little organizing and I like have my favorite photos of my favorite people and I have like like i i have i went to the thing and i have like an actual like roll of photos like we used yeah. to with disposable cameras yeah and it's like I they mean so much more sitting there on my shelf than sitting in my camera phone
0: yeah yeah your house tells a story <laughs> yeah.
1: and everyone then yeah. everyone who comes into my house they're like they're like oh my god i love this who's that you know who's this yeah. say like this is so and so she's from new york and blah 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 and it's just yeah. nice like i see my i see all my people every day that's so great that's yeah. cool.
0: Okay, well, thank you for taking your time to to be here. <laughs> but what would you leave the listener with in terms of what acting is to you and just everything we've talked
1: about? I leave with I I so much pressure. Uh, <laughs> oh man, acting is just what, I don't know. I, I'm very I just have to say I am so 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 fortunate to be an actor it's a privilege we're playing we get to play like we mm. play for fun you know there are people who do you know who have real crazy jobs and do really do amazing stuff and we are playing so as much as respect I, as i have for acting i know that it's yes it is it is important but it also is just like you have to keep in mind that is we get to play for fun acting is fun and it's a cool thing we get to do. So just don't take it. I don't, I try not to take it all too seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I do take it seriously, mm-hmm. you know, you got to just try to keep perspective. Yeah. Um, the getting, harmony
0: of those two things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. like finding that balance between like taking, take, not taking yourself, taking what you do seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Yeah. And um, acting is uh, something that like I have to do. Otherwise I would go crazy. I have a lot in me and that's why I act. It's like, I think that's why a lot of actors act is because they just have so many people in them. They have so many things in them that they have to get out and acting and writing and creating and filming is a way to get, get rid of that. So, so um, that's, that's I, I don't know. And, and then any advice I would say is just write your own stuff. That's honestly like, like I said, like with representation, it's like, if you want whatever you want to see, if you want to see something, make it. Because chances are people aren't going to read your mind. They're not going to do what you want to do. Um, so you have to be the one. And why not you? Why not? What makes, yeah. you than, what makes you different than anyone else? Like the only difference is that they stuck with it. You know, like you, if you stick with it and you keep doing it, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of like, you know, talent. Who said, I think somebody, I don't know. Some, someone said like talent's dime a dozen. Everyone's got talent, but not everybody wants to work for it. So you just got to work and you have to work and you got to put in the work. Yeah. It's it's like, it's this, everyone knows how hard this industry is. It's not going to fall into someone's lap. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That is, it's a hard (laughs) place to get into and you're in there.
1: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fortunate. I'm very lucky to be in there.
0: When I sent you a message, I'm gonna be honest. I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I'm gonna just shoot my shot. (laughs) And and now that's kind of how I've approached a lot of things now for the last decade, like my twenties, I just really spent my time just observing and just learning. I'm still learning, but like now it's not until like now where I really feel like I have a perspective and I want to try to share it and see how it grows. And so like, I kind of try to approach things that way. And I really wasn't expecting this to happen. And I was like, oh wow, let's just take the opportunity and, and go with it. And
1: yeah, there you, I mean, that, that's an example. Like, there you go. Like I, I could have said, oh, no one's going to read this script, but like, no one's going to want to make this. It's like, someone will someone might Yeah. You know, yeah. send me a message and i was uh, happy to receive it absolutely i yeah. love i love talking about this i'm i got you know what am i gonna do like you know i got no one around to talk about this stuff this is fun i love this so yeah of course
0: uh, thanks yeah and i mean if I, I would love to do like other episodes where we dissect movies or something like that would be fun because cool. uh, yeah th- like this project is the reason of the podcast, I don't know if you remember, it's, it's pretty much to be able to define context of how someone brings their experiences to whatever they're talking about. Like whether it's a profession, if it's a, a universal theme, uh, a hot topic that's on the news, like everyone approaches it with their experience. And learning to have different types of conversations where we find the similarities rather than the differences, is is it's a lot more of a strong conversation than like well, I just don't agree with that. Or or I didn't see it that way. Because once you get that context, once you hear someone's story, it's just hard to not see where they're coming from. Totally. Right? And acting is just kind of a good example of like, you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes, going on a journey with that. Absolutely. But, but yeah, so I appreciate you, Brock. And thank you.
1: Well, thank you.
0: <laughs> and you we'll have- stay in touch. I'll, I'll probably give you, I'll send you some things. Yes. All right. Oh, meant- and yeah. lastly, where can people find you and where can they support
1: test? Well, uh, so if you want to follow me personally, I'm uh, on Instagram at Brock Urich, uh, B-R-O-C-K-Y-U-R-I-C-H. And also on Twitter. Uh, I'm never really on Twitter, though, so I'm at Brock Urich on Twitter. And then um, uh, on Instagram, you can follow the, the movie account at test the film.
0: Cool. Yeah, Let's follow the journey there. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thank you for being here.
1: All right, man. Thank you. Good seeing you. Take bye care. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Undefined. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share the voice. And if you want more content to explore, as well as follow other projects we're working on, go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com. And follow us on Instagram at The Kilos Project. Till next time, train, recover, Create.